Welcome to the Copper and Blue Podcast. This is our uh, final podcast of the hockey season. Um, We're recording this on the day that the Colorado Avalanche have won their first Stanley Cup in 21 years. They beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in six games. uh, And the deciding game was a 2-1 affair. That was very, very exciting. So uh, Nathan McKinnon, um, I know he made headlines last year for saying that he hasn't won shit. Well, that he has now won the Stanley Cup. So uh, uh, the team that sweeps the others goes all the way. Uh, I'm your host, Preston Hodgkinson. Joining me are my co-hosts, Jonah Hickmore and Rob Soria. And guys, uh, just as we look back on this season, the Oilers made all the way to the Western Conference Final. The Colorado Avalanche finally get over the hump. Uh, just what's uh, what's your guys' overall thoughts on, on the season now that it's over? You're always first, Shona. That's how this Yeah, works. apparently I'm always first. <laughs> uh, I can't even say this because I have something intelligent to say all the time. I think I, um, I'll say they surprised me. I did not think, um, I've said this before, that I, if they hadn't changed their coaching, um, you know, about halfway through the season, I was, I didn't think that their players were going to stay healthy long enough to make it to the playoffs. So um, overall, I am pleasantly but hesitantly surprised um I feel like it was a lot of uh very good luck for the Oilers to get as far as they did um obviously you know also some amazing players they do have you know some of the best the literal best players in the world in Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl um you know and um some players with a lot of potential um you know I thought McLeod looked really well or really really played really quite well in this uh this playoffs I was really quite pleasantly surprised but then you know there's always that uh those pieces of oilers that we'll just say are very oilery and you're just like i have no idea what you're doing so you know i can't say well, i'm it wouldn't be an oily unqual- season without a few of those moments right yeah so. i can't say that i'm unqualified like you know there's no qualifiers on my enjoyment of the season but i am very pleasantly surprised it was a, a much uh better season than i was expecting yeah, for me, the playoff run went, uh, that was the minimum they had to do and for this season to be a success. Um, they got there. Um, it sucked that they had guys hurt. Um, but the overall, like, there's very little to complain about now coming next season. Yeah, the Oilers had a lot of stuff break their way, but every team that gets as far as these teams got, gets some breaks going their way. Um, the Oilers are at the point where they – there's no reason why them in Colorado shouldn't be two of the favorites year in, year out. They just got to, you know, add those last few pieces. If they can do it, great. If they can't, well, then they're just going to be spinning their wheels again. So we'll see. It'll be an interesting offseason. Yeah, no, for sure. We're going to get into the offseason really quick. Um, but just to add to your point about the coaching there, uh, Shona, I think that was uh, obviously a very – a critical point of the Oilers season you know it was uh, early February the team was like I think around six points out of a playoff spot they were sliding big time if you told me at the end of the season that they'd be in the conference final um, I'd be very pleasantly surprised I, I I wouldn't have expected them to to make the playoffs at that point in time uh, so uh, yeah you know it sucks that they lost in four games in that conference final but they lost to the eventual Stanley Cup champions and it's not like they got beat by an inferior team. They got beat by the I'm Colorado told huh? that neither of those points Preston make it better. 
If it doesn't, it still stings. I'm not going to say that, but uh, it's not like they lost to the Chicago Blackhawks in a qualifying round. It's not like they got swept by the Winnipeg Jets in the first round. I would take getting swept in the conference final over those two. And, um, you know, we beat the Calgary Flames in a, in a, in a playoff series. That alone just makes this whole season worth it, <laughs> even though there's no Stanley Cup at the end of it. Beating the Calgary Flames in the first Battle of Alberta since, what, 1991, I think it was? or something like yeah. that. Um, just a fantastic moment and a, a few moments that other fans will, will cherish for a very, very long time. But now that the season's over, uh, the off season has arrived. The New Orders already did a little bit of business uh, last week. They signed Jay Woodcroft to a three-year deal. I think we were all in agreement. That's a pretty, pretty fair deal, a pretty good thing for the Oilers moving forward. Uh, Jay looked fantastic behind the bench. He turned the season around when he came in and, uh, had the longest playoff run with the club since uh, 2006. So uh, now that Woodcroft is done, uh, where do you see the orders going next? Uh, are they going to try to get some of their, their RFAs sorted out and Jesse Pugliarvi, Kyler Yamamoto, Ryan McLeod, or will we have to wait to see that action kind of manifest at the, the NHL draft on, I believe July 7th it is. I think you're going to have to wait. Um, I think I know that the Oilers have asked, even though there's no cap relief associated with it, um, for well, information. I believe if Duncan Keith retires, we do get cap relief in the form of his He's five million. He's not retiring, so remove that from the equation. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I'm just trying to be hopeful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, last I had heard that they had taken the contract knowing that if he retired part of the way through, there would be no cap relief. Yeah. Um, I think that might be for the recapture. Yeah, it's the recapture. The re the word was there was the initial word was that we would get the five million off the books plus an extra three, yeah, extra three million dollars as a cap recapture thing. Or I don't know. This is the the minute details in the CBA that I, I I don't have a legal degree in, so I don't really know. But apparently that's null and void and doesn't matter anymore. But yeah, you know, five million I think would be the unlikely it happens but i think there would be some cap relief yeah because i was gonna say i know that the part of their waiting game was and i think rob is right i don't think that keith will retire but you know i also didn't think the others were going to make it to the stanley cup uh western conference finals so uh stranger things have happened in my world lately um uh or smith smith is the other one i think um his It'll be interesting to see what he does. His end of season press conference was very, um, I don't know if I'd call it reflective, but very. Um, it it sounded like a guy tone. that wasn't sure. Yeah, very different in tone than I would expect um, from a guy with Mike Smith's um, persona, right? Like it wasn't. Uh, about coming back stronger or better or any of those things that you heard from a lot of the other guys. So I think that'll be a, a very interesting thing because I think um, uh, Koski has already left. Um, as far as I know, he's going to play in Europe. So I think if Smith decides to let the club know that he's going to retire, I think um, goaltending becomes more important than the RFAs. But uh, if they think that they're going to, I don't know why they think that they're going to, have Mike Smith be their number one goaltender again next year. Um, if Ken Holland's delusion around Mike Smith persists, you know, the RFAs might become a, a, a bigger um, area of 
concerted effort. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, how I see it, the with Smith, I think honestly, I took that year end presser just more him coming to grips with, yeah, I'm 40. I've played all year hurt. And it was obvious from the first moment he got hurt um, that he continued to play hurt. Um, it's not like he got healthy at the end of the year. He just learned to play with it more. Um, and he's probably taking God knows what shot to help alleviate some of the pain, but it's just a matter of getting accustomed to it. Right. He changed how he played. It was very obvious to anyone wanting to pay attention. Um, I don't I think you want to pay attention to Mike Smith. Rob. Yeah, well, <laughs> when you, when he's there, you have no choice. Um, I, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think he's going to retire. Um, I think he's going to be LTIR. And I thought that from last before the season even started. Um, I don't think uh, Holland is in any way, shape or form thinking of going with him and Skinner as their tandem. Uh, it's just a matter of what he does with the in in goal though right so it'll be interesting to see um, you hear the names out there the free agent ones are obvious you got Kemper from tonight obviously um, I don't know if Kemper leaves Colorado I'm, that got more expensive uh, <laughs> well, I, I don't well I don't know if he got more he, he maybe did a little bit but he made four and a half million so he's going to be he could probably get a little bit more and maybe a bit more term but we'll see and then who so I think is going to be driven up um and then the other yeah. guys Campbell um uh, for free agents so but yeah I, I think that's a priority and then the other thing for me which honestly I find is even the biggest priority of all is what are they going to do with the dead the dead cap space that they have on the roster for players like to me Tyson Berry isn't dead cap space you can trade Tyson Berry uh Zach Cassian is dead Cap space. Oh, Zach Cassian is dead cap space. Yeah, and if the and if the mindset is, oh, we're gonna buy him out. No, like I'm tired of this buying out. They don't like pack package him up with something and get him the hell out of here because they don't need to be paying that yeah. that freight for four years. Package him up and get him out of here. Fine, but don't do the stupid thing that they've done countless other times and retain salary. Well, they're going no, but Shona, they don't have a choice. That's well, the don't only retain way you're going to move that salary player. then. Huh? Then don't retain as much of his salary. No. As, they you know. never, honestly, outside of Lucic, they didn't retain a lot of salary on any of those guys. No, but they haven't forced anyone else to retain salary either. Like Chicago, Keith was a prime target where they could have taken him, but forced sure. Chicago to retain part of his salary. The difference, and it, yeah. You know, and I, I would just really like them if they're packaging Keith up for somewhere that they're not keeping the majority of, or not Keith, sorry, we're not, we're not going to be moving Keith, um, <laughs> Cassian up for somewhere that they're not maintaining the majority of his salary, right? Like for sure, but he's dead cap space, but, but Keith wasn't viewed as that, right? Like to Holland, he wasn't, he was viewed oh. as a piece that he was adding. No one's going to take Cassian as a piece that they're adding. I am not sure anyone but Holland would have taken Keith as a piece that they were adding. And that's neither here nor there, but the point is that's how he viewed it. So mm-hmm. I, I don't see a team view, like we've heard for two years now, how, oh, there are teams interested in Zach Cassian. No, there are not. And if there are, and they haven't traded them, all those dudes should be fired because... There, there's teams, I think there are teams interested in taking him, but I, I think they're they're looking in at the it as more taking the Oilers for granted or taking the Oilers for all they've got to get rid of Cassian from there. So, but no, here's, here's who the would thing. take him? I think they want the, the, the sweetener. 
they're trying to take they're trying to get the sweetener out of the Oilers and see how much I think that's what they mean by teams interested. I don't think there's teams interested in the player. They're interested in the assets that could be added oh, no. to the package. No, no, no. At the start of the year, there were people there talking about how teams won. Oh, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I don't think yes. that's true. <laughs> so um, but it's interesting to me because you were talking about how Holland saw Keith as an asset. Yeah. And here's the real kicker is I'm not sure Holland doesn't still see Cassian as an asset. Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I think, think there's, I really think they're going to try and make cap space. And I was going to say, I think his, uh, I think Cassian's depreciated in a lot of, um, Oilers fans eyes over this last playoff run. Yeah. It took all this time for some reason, but yes, but he had uh, fans, he had the playoffs. It should have been the perfect storm for him, but, but, um, <laughs> but nothing. Okay. I, I'm not going to waste too much more time on Zach Cassian because he's really not worth it nor the cap space he he takes but, but i it's important though shona right it's he, i'm not saying he, it yeah. isn't but um i think that you know it is important to acknowledge that the oilers have this contract that is you know um pretty well nigh unmovable like yeah you know they trade him somewhere else all that's really going to happen is he's going to get buried in the ahl right yeah. Like there are not many teams that want um, a player like Zach Cassian right now. Well, there's enough crappy teams that would take it though. If the Oilers give them something, right? And they take the whole freight. I I, I didn't say would take Zach Cassian. I said would want Zach Cassian. Um, So the Oilers just have to find a, the Oilers just have to find a way to convince Arizona that they want Zach Cassian. You know, I, it's, I, I'm kind of reading between the lines when I listen to some uh, some insiders related to the team, and I'm, I'm talking like Bob Stoffer, not not Twitter accounts that say they're insiders. Um, yeah. we, we, he's been talking a, a quite a bit about Ottawa as a team that might be interested in Cassian. I'm not sure. Like I said, I can't see them being interested in Cassian, the player. Um, but you know, Connor Brown's name has been brought up, and hey, if you can swing a deal where you get Cassian out and Connor Brown in. That should be done yesterday. I, I don't care if you have to put in a Dmitry Samarukov. That should be done yesterday, man. Um, but uh, we'll see. That That's going to be an interesting situation. Um, going to another player here that you briefly mentioned there, uh, Rob, Tyson Berry is a guy that I, I can't imagine will be on this team come the fall. His uh, role as the power play quarterback has kind of been taken over by Evan Bouchard. Bouchard had a fantastic season. First uh, full season, and I believe he had around – 40 almost 50 points as a defenseman so that's a that really impressive year by Bouchard he followed that up with a great playoff as well you know there are some things in his defensive game that need to improve but he's a young guy that's going to happen I believe he's only uh where is he here he's only 22 Thank years you. old right so um I believe you're right in saying that Tyson Berry is a guy that lots of teams will still have interest in as a player and uh, again, reading reading the rumors out there, and this one's from, I believe it was Jeff Merrick, said the Montreal Canadiens or the Seattle Kraken could be very interested in having a guy like Barry uh, okay. just because of his power play prowess, right? So I think that's a trade you can open up 4.5 in cap space. Not an insignificant amount for this team heading into the summer and actually get something back for him as well. So um, It I depends what they want to get back, though. Yeah. Right. Where I'm afraid of some of these deals is that they might try and make a trade and get a body back. And it's like, you don't need a body back. 
Are you look at how many draft picks they have this draft. They don't have a second. They don't have a third. They don't have a fourth. No. They have a first round pick, and then they'll pick again for the fifth round. They yeah, share the guy. Barry's the guy to go and trade and get those picks back. Yeah. Well, they can. They could very easily too, and they should. Mm-hmm. You're right with Barry if they can do that, but they should also trade their first rounder down and get an additional pick or two. Like yeah. they should. You know, when you're it's, at it's that the late in the draft, pick. yeah. You look for a guy, you look for a team that's really interesting, the guy around that. Yeah. Um, well, because if they get more picks, again, they for me, they need assets to get mm-hmm. rid of Cassian, to get rid of any of these guys. They're going to yeah. need to tack on stuff. So if you, like you said, you have two picks, like, what are you going to do? You have a first rounder and that's it. Like, yeah, yeah. they got to do something. And um, yeah, I agree with you. Barry is the one. And, but the other thing too, is what do they do with Kulak? If they that's don't sign good. Kulak, then uh, I, I I don't know what they're going to do. Then I assume right now they're going to try and sell sign Kulak and they're going to add Broberg. But we'll see, right? This brings up a little bit of a log jam, though, at lefty. You'd have to play Broberg. Broberg can play both sides. Yeah. So. Uh, and if and anything, you know, while he's been in the been, NHL, he's been better on the right side. Yeah, that's, so that's what they need. If they trade Barry out, they need uh, another body on the, on the right side. So... Uh, and I've yeah. loved Kulak. I thought he was a fantastic acquisition. He played well um, for the club. And he's, you know, he's a perfect player here. He's an Edmonton boy. Um, yeah. He's not going to break the bank on you either. I think he, the most. I don't think he's going to be as cheap as some people think, though. I, I think he's going to be around the 2.5 range. I think he might push over three. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't he... be even that upset. I think he's a very, think Chris oh. Russell, if I liked Chris Russell, because I thought this, <laughs> he's better than Chris Russell. But he's the same type of defender, you know what but, I mean? Uh, but the thing is, yeah. it's it's not even that you said it's not that much, but the thing is, that extra 500k mm. or 750 or mil, it, it matters with these guys right yeah. now. So, yeah. Um, another guy I'm interested to see, um, just I've heard his name brought up. Uh, not I don't think from anyone reputable, but just rumors on and speculation is uh, uh, whether the team will move out Warren Fogle. I think they will. I hope. Yeah. I, I think they have to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very. I was hoping they keep him, but I think he's part of that money thing. And like, well, really look, is. just look. He was a scratch in the I believe first round, and and it's like, the writing's on the wall for him. He's underperformed all year. Um, I don't want to say luckily Bear has been scratched, so it looks like the trade was kind of a wash because I'd very much still like Bear back here. I think he's a great defender. But um, just seeing how um, they were treated on both teams, it looks like that trade has been kind of a wash. Uh, right, I know, right but at, at least moment. at least if you're looking at it, Bear was injured through the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. You know, Bear Hobo has wasn't. a lot. Bear has a lot more. To be more. fair, and I'm as big a Bear supporter as, as he stunk the last half of the year when he played. Oh, yeah. We, we can sit and say injury. We can say long COVID. You can say whatever. He wasn't very good, period. And, oh, no, yeah. there was, right? no, there was the other guy. No. So there's rumors about Bear but, being let go in, in Carolina. Now, yeah. Oh, he will be. 100% he will be. And Fogel, though, the thing is, I, while I agree with you, <laughs> Fogel didn't have as great a year. If you look at his numbers, they weren't terrible. Yeah. For where I'm not saying they were terrible. I no, no. He's, no he's, uh, Preston mentioned that he underperformed. I don't know if he did. What did he score? 14 goals? 13 he goals? That much? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, like I don't know what what more do you want for where yeah, he played? I, I, I don't I don't hate the player. No, um, I like the I, player. I like him. I think, I think he's a, a fine year. a fine bottom sixer. 
I think yeah. that when the team acquired him, they envisioned a little bit of a bigger role. Maybe not though, but I don't know if they did. Honestly, yeah. I think they expected him as a. I think they expected their third line to be better. I agree that. Agree with you there. Fogel um, had a career high in points this year. Yeah, twenty six. Or My no, point. no, no, no. Sorry, he had thirty back in twenty nineteen. Yeah, but he had a de- all things considered, he had a decent year. Yeah, and you're right. A bad year. He had no, stretches yeah. where he was awful. Yeah. So okay. Okay. I just I think he is. I think he's got to move because I think he's too expensive for the role that they envision. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I think honestly where they are around cap, where they are around uh, players that are developing all of those things, Fogel is too expensive. And he's a guy you can move. I don't think, I don't think a a young team would object to having. Well, they could move him. Yeah. Yeah. Very movable contract. And do others have in-house solutions for that spot? You know, Dylan Holloway is going to push next year, and I'd be shocked if he wasn't uh, in in the opening lineup. I think he's he's going well, to be there in that, that bottom six. Let's not kid ourselves. They're, they're going to go after Kane. So until yeah. they figure out what's what there, because they're going to. Now, whether it happens or not, I don't know. But I think they're going to figure that out right away. That's a and sticky then, one. I was going to mention that next, actually, because um, – you know, we could spend the whole podcast talking about what the Oilers will do with Evander Kane, but I think it's kind of useless to to speculate while this uh, this uh, mediation's going on with his uh, contract termination. Like you've got some people saying, "Well, it looks like it's going to be awarded in Kane's favor, and that his contract will be reinstated with the Sharks, and that's seven million. And then you get into the business of like, "Well, will the Sharks trade him to the Oilers? Will they retain that?" It's a very complicated. It's a very complicated situation. I. I if you were the Sharks, would you trade within your own division? That's the thing, right? You have to have – then maybe it's not even an option. But the Sharks um, don't want him at all. So. Yeah. No, I know. But so, you don't want him – you don't want to see – Yeah, if I was the Sharks. You is. You don't want to see him five or six times because well, he's in your division. Well, and the thing now – Ship him to New York. I don't think that trade thing even is an option because yeah. I think – I know the league would love it to just go away. But Kane and his camp, they've made it pretty clear in the things you read. They want an outcome, and he wants to become a UFA. Like, it's very simple. I don't think he's expecting to get the full freight in any way, shape, or form. But get what he gets, and then he's a UFA. Not trade me to the Oilers or anywhere. And that whole nonsense of people making it sound like, I know they're saying Elliot Friedman said this and that. Friedman said nothing of the sort. All he said was he might be traded. Yeah. And people take that as, oh, he's going to be traded to the Oilers. And it's like, yeah. well, no. That doesn't mean that, right? So No, because uh, if you're Kane, you want to control. That's why I went to Edmonton. Let's not kid ourselves. Oh, right? yeah. He oh. went here to, to ride shotgun with McDavid. It worked out spectacularly. Yeah. And he's going to get paid for it. And, yeah. uh, you know, I like him as a player. Um, I think he gelled really I well. Tolerate to him as a player. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we've already had the discussion about him off the ice, so um, we all know our opinions <laughs> on that. Um, but um, you know, I'm very, I'm very hesitant to bring him back. It's, uh, as a team strapped for cash, as the Oilers are to, to invest that much in a player that has been known to be like a uh, to go to a new team, have a really good first few years, and then for things to fall off a little bit. Whether I be uh, off ice or on ice, whatever. He's always scored, man. I like, know, but I there's no such thing of it falling off. Like that's just an illusion people make up. Like he's always scored. There's other stuff, but pro- he's always produced. 
And I, yeah. like you guys, I was whatever with him coming here to start off with, and I still am. But from a production standpoint, and I know some people go on about this, how, oh, how he's he's shooting the lights out. And he's, yes, because he's playing with McDavid. Like, Dreisaitl shoots the lights out as well when he plays with McDavid. Like, again, to think this is some fluke, it's not. He was on a, a bit of a heater, but do I have any question in my mind that, King could score 40 a year playing against playing with McDavid hundred percent. Like it's not even a discussion for me. Like it's not. Oh, but where I is think... that? Uh, you, you see where, where he's going to probably land in, in, uh, in cap wise. He's, he's probably going to start with either a six or a seven, probably um, a five or a six. I don't yeah. think, I just don't think there are enough teams. I think mm. the other thing you've got to consider with Kane, you know, we're talking about what his cap hit is, but what's his term going to look like? Well, that's just it, right? Yeah. Right? You have a lot right now. You have lots of um, sometimes unfortunate and sometimes really fortunate multi-year deals that yeah. have a considerable amount of time left on them, right? Like if you are if you are purchasing Evander Kane services, wretch, for like five or six years... You know, that is a, a, a thing, like, not even just how much you're paying for him, but how long? Because he's not exactly, what, what would be the polite way to say it? A spring chicken? You know, like, again, this well, is yeah, the same 30 thing. Right now, so. I think 30 or 31 or something like that, yeah. yeah. Right? Like, um, the thing is, though. And be careful with your, ca- or your, your, you know, your time. Because all the other stuff you guys mentioned, I don't think he's going to get that long of a term. I don't. I yeah, think he I, might I, get three or four. I don't yeah, know. But I don't think I don't think that's what he wants. Well, I don't think he's gonna have a choice. Yeah, because I don't think, think he, anyone's gonna give him six or seven. I don't. Yeah. No, but I think that he can try. Become, obviously, I, I what I think will happen. To be honest, is I think you're right, Rob. I think Kane is one of the Oilers' number one targets to acquire, yep. and I think Kane is gonna want what the Oilers can't give him right off the hop. So, you know, if he's UFA and he goes out and um, tests the market, all I think this is going to do is slow down the Oilers offseason as they wait to see what he does. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I was just about to bring that up. How long do we have to wait until this is all figured out until we can other pieces that they may want will go off the market, but they don't want to make an offer on them because they want a Vander Kane. And then you You risk you risk waiting, missing out on that. And then Evander signs somewhere else and then you miss yeah. out on everyone. Right. So but that's the way there's typical, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's sounding like if this goes past, it sounds like it's going to go past the opening of free agency. It sounds like Kane is going to be the top target for teams who missed out um, on the initial round of signings. If that's really what Potentially. I got the feeling of here. Yeah. Um, if, if the Oilers are there, they're there. Um, we'll see if they can move out salary. I don't think, you can do that without moving out significant salary. I'm talking Barry and maybe a Cassian or, or Fogel as well. You need to open that up because you have to fill the other holes you have. Um, yep. Among those holes is probably the biggest one on the team right now. Um, we know that Stuart Skinner's is going, is going to be on the club full-time next year, whether that be pro- most likely in a backup role. I can't imagine. You better be rolling, can't imagine <laughs> the rolling Skinner as a, a starter next year. I think that'd be very hopeful thinking. Um, and, and Mike Smith is, uh, I'd be like, you guys said, probably not retiring, but 
most definitely going to be on LTIR if he doesn't. God damn, um, I wish he'd retire. <laughs> yeah, well, he gets to sit down and relax for a full year and collect uh, two two more million. So, um, yeah, but if he retires, I really get that cat back. <laughs> um, but uh, the the Oilers do have some targets. Rob, you mentioned them in free agency. You got guys like uh, Huso, who's going to be have half the league bidding on him at that when it comes down to it. Uh, Jack Campbell is an option. Um, Darcy Kemper, Stanley Cup champion, is going to be there as well. Um, so I guess before we get into specifics, um, where do you think the Oilers go to solve this problem? Is it going to be a UFA signing or is it going to be a, a trade for a guy like uh, John Gibson? Uh, Connor Hellebuck's name has popped up recently because of where the Jets are going with their club. Uh, sounds like a complete rebuild over there. So who knows if Hellebuck is available? Um, or, and this is a guy I like as well. Um, or Linus Olmark out of Boston, I think is a guy who could shake loose for a decent. Oh, you game. can't, you can't take him away from his goalie friend. <laughs> well, and I think you guys are right there too. Cause Olmark was one of the guys I had too, but I think you're right, Shona, because the two of them, I looked at it the other day, the two of them combined make less than six mil. In Boston? You can't take yeah. him away from his and, goalie. No, Boston's not. Hey, and Sw- I'm just is signed. I think Swayman is still on that deal for under a mil for two more years. Yeah. So I, I'm just wondering. I don't think they're going to trade him right away. I really don't. That would be – I agree with you, though. Like, he'd be right near the, the top. The problem is, like you said, trade. What are the Oilers going to trade to yeah. get a goalie? I know their yeah. fans online are, oh, are going to trade Barry for a goalie. No, you're not. <laughs> not if yeah. you want a good goalie. You're not. I think Barry has value. I don't think he has enough value to bring in a starting goalie. No, um, not a good one. No. Um, you know? And you can't, here's the thing is that I think um, uh, this season has kind of um, messed with people's heads. Like if the Oilers want to, to get to the next level, they need, they don't need a lights out goalie. They don't need Vasilevsky. No. They need a solid, consistent goalie. They need a legitimate. Um, they need Darcy Kemper, essentially, oh, like a goalie like that. Kemper. That's what they need. A guy who yeah, can no, I agree. game. He lets in crap goals, not as many as Mike Smith, but he lets in a bunch. And during the playoffs, he was up and down. But again, people forget he was hurt twice. Um, but yeah, you're right, Shona. They don't need. They don't need Vessel. Well, they're not going to get that anyway. But yeah. no, I know. But they they don't need they don't they don't need this. You know. There's always this like, okay, what you don't need is you don't need, uh, there's two things you don't need. You don't need Vasilevsky or, you know, a goalie like him. And you don't need the equivalent of Carey Price. I personally. As in good Carey Price or current Carey Price? Current Carey Price. Ah, yes. Okay. Because good Carey Price is in the same category as Vasilevsky. Yes, I was going to say. <laughs> so I've already covered that category, Rob. <laughs> it does scare me because you're right. They're. And the trade portion of it, there aren't there aren't a lot of options that make sense, right? And yeah. I know people have talked lately about uh, Bobrovsky, um, yeah. if they eat half. And the problem with Bobrovsky is how many years are left? The five million, yeah, it's reasonable. But again, Bobrovsky won't come here. Why would he come here? Yeah, he's in Florida. Florida for it's in semi Florida right now, right? So. Well, yeah. Well, they trade him, yeah, and I'm sure they would because they need half because they, you you can't trade him a ten mil. I don't think John Gibson would come here. I don't think Flurry would come here. So I like any of those guys. I don't think it's really. Well, I like. I think thoroughly. I honestly think Flurry would retire before he came here. 
Oh yeah. Well, he's a but he's a UFA, right? So he can do whatever the hell he wants. I know, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. Here. If if it had been here instead of Chicago, I think Flurry would have retired last year. Yeah. Well, I think part of it too was the pandemic. I really do because Canada in general, a lot of guys didn't want to play in Canada, and I get it. If you got family in the states, why the hell would you want to play in Canada? Yeah. You can't get across um, the border. You can't do any of that stuff. I totally get it. But you're right about Flurry. He's at that point in his career where. What does he have to prove? What does he have yeah. to do that he hasn't already done? Well, he just made seven mil last year. Like, it's not <laughs> he's like. Just, yeah, he's just gonna go wherever he wants to go. Yeah, and and do whatever he wants to do. You know. What and scares me? To him. What scares me is the Oilers going like the route route of what's his name there in New York, uh, Gorgiev, or the Gorgiev, dude in yeah. Columbus. It's just, like, it's both a guys. Move. Have, like, well, if you're gonna go trade for those guys, well, then honestly. Like whatever, do that, and then. But that's not even an upgrade on Skinner. Maybe like you don't yeah. know. They are just been awful for two years. You're, you're the best asking for uh, another goaltender battle, and but that's not even a battle. Like, that's a battle of mediocrity. Yeah, it's that's what I'm saying. It's a battle of guys that aren't at that caliber to give you the goal, kind of goaltending you need to go all the way in the playoffs. So it's like it's a lateral is- move at the best. At the worst, you, it's if, a worse move. It's a downgrade. So, but if you wanted that, that kind of um, good in the AHL, potentially good in the NHL, but not consistent, solid proof of that, you should have just held on to Konovalov. Yeah, but he left on his own. I yeah. know, but so, I'm saying, like, if you were going to trade for that kind of goalie, yeah. you already had that kind of goalie that left on his own. So, yeah. if you really wanted that, you should have been throwing something to keep the one you already had that would have probably been cheaper than trading for that. Yeah. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised this summer if we see Holland throw a little bit more money or trade a little bit more for a goalie just because. Well, this is a fast man. It's not like he didn't try. He did twice. I, I know, but That's like not he, an excuse, but he did do it twice. Now. He's got to get a goalie. I think he's going to be like, I'm not getting beat ended up, up with time. Mike Smith both <laughs> times. Um, the, the fallback. Yeah, I don't think that's not an option this year i think i think there's no because we've already signed him. mike smith so <laughs> yeah. you, you can sign mike smith again there Preston. was a i think there was a lot of pressure from ownership from what i heard i don't have a solid source on that i guess to get, a goalie. Yeah. to get a goalie at the trade deadline and he didn't do that he struck out the last two years there's going to be an amazing amount of pressure pressure on him this year and yeah. i i wouldn't be surprised if he goes a little bit more than he's comfortable with to do that I think they might do it for Huso, which is a little, yeah. And I'm a little scary about that. Like, I think I don't mind him coming. I'm just, because he's younger, the fact they might give him like a lot of term kind of scares me. If they could get Campbell at less term and cheaper, that'd be great. Or or less term, sorry, but at a higher hit, that'd be good. The problem with Campbell is I think he's made like, I looked at it the other day. I think it was just around eight mil for his career. And he's 31, so he this needs is to get be paid. his chance to. Yeah, to this it. is his time to get paid. That doesn't mean he's going to get a five-year deal because he's not. He may want one, which is great. But the problem yeah, is wanna, he, the Leafs are in the exact same boat. Stanley Cup, Rob. Yeah, but the Leafs are in the same boat, right? So this is where the problem is. The Oilers and Leafs are in the exact same position. They're, they're competing a goalie, goalie and they have no cap. Man. We're touching uh, Toronto. Well, they're, they're in the same boat. <laughs> I mean, do you think do you think Campbell is done in boat. Toronto? I don't want to be in a boat with the. You think Leafs. he comes back to Toronto at all? Oh, I, he wants to go back. Yeah, I don't even think it's a question. And I think 
you know, I think if the dominoes fall not in Toronto's way early on, he's going to be an easy guy to circle back to. So I, I he... see, but I, why do you say easy? Well, it just, cause there's interest from both sides, I think. But, to a degree. Sure. But are the Oilers and Leafs the only two teams looking for goals? You were just talking about all these teams going in for Huso. So wouldn't teams be interested in him as well? Yeah. Right. I'm just saying it's going to be, it's going to be a crazy market for goaltenders. this year. Yeah. There aren't that many good goalies. And if, okay. And what happens if Kemper That's doesn't it. sign in Colorado? Goalies then, magic, Rob. No then the defending Stanley Cup champions get. need a goalie. They're, yeah. And then Colorado is very much like there. that Woo. surprise bag that you used to have at the, uh, the, you know, the full of candy that sometimes was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes was shit. Um, That's what goalies are. <laughs> I love him. You know who's an interesting <laughs> name? An interesting name on the market this year. Um, he's not a sexy name by any means, like the Kemper Husos or any or Campbells or anything like that. Um, Kemper's um, not a sexy name. <laughs> well, he's going to be one of the bigger guys available in the goaltending market. I'm. I, oh my I'm, god! I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm not saying the order should flashbacks. go this way. I'm not saying the order should go this way, but Eric Comrie is another guy on the market oh. as well, and he'd be very cheap. No. No. Numbers. Oh. I'm just saying. He's fine if you if you want to bring in Eric Comrie and trade Skinner, by all means. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying bank on this guy for a starter. I'm just saying he's a young guy who's put up some oh, numbers. Don't Preston, don't get me wrong. I don't disagree. Comrie's always been potential. He always would get hurt. He got hurt in juniors too, and then he got hurt when he turned pro. He's a good goalie. Um, the problem is they can't. The, it's already risky. Oh yeah. You gotta yeah, go yeah. There the Huso route or mm-hmm. right. Like that's a risk already, but my God, if they were to come in with like Comrie and something, I would just be like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, Oh yeah. Me, no, it's, it's not the move like... that, that moves yeah. the needle enough. But uh, if you want to bring in a, a relatively cheap guy to, to challenge Skinner, I guess um, yeah. a little bit more of an angel track record. Hey, why not? Um, because you and... don't have money. Yeah, I know. True. Um, Why not? Because you need all the money you have to buy the pieces you're missing. Uh, I hate the salary have, cap so much. You have extra spending money for random players that will push the players you already have. You may not have enough money to buy the pieces you need. We may not have enough money to bring back all the RFAs. How's that for a segue? Sure they do. <laughs> oh, they to. definitely do. They definitely do. Um, Ryan McLeod, uh, Jesse Pugliarvi, and Kyler Yamamoto are all due contracts or restricted free agents, so they can't hit the UFA market quite yet. So the others will have first dibs on uh, qualifying yeah. and, and getting them done to a deal. Uh, the two guys that I think are locked in, and I think it's been kind of telegraphed all all throughout uh, the playoffs and, and since the orders have been eliminated, Ryan McLeod and Kyler Yamamoto look to be coming back almost certainly. The big uh, question mark revolves around Jesse Pugliarvi. And um, let me tell you, this is a guy you don't trade right now. He's, he had a down last half of his season, which means his contract is not going to come in at a ridiculous number. Um, his underlying analytics are fantastic. He's a fantastic 200-foot player. Uh, his finishing needs to be better. I, I would say I'd be Sorry. the first that, one to that's say That's why, that. though, and, I'll, and, I, and I love Pugliarvi. But that's why I disagree with you where people say he's a fantastic 200-foot player. He's not because he can't score. So I he's mean, I don't think that disqualifies him. I, th- I think – No, but he's got he – You can't be a fantastic 200-foot player if you can't put a puck in the net. And right now, unfortunately for him, since January, whatever the reason, confidence, 
injury, sickness, combination of the three, which is what I really think it is, he has to be able to score, right? Yeah. Like, Oh, no, can, I agree for sure. Yeah. So I agree that he's wholeheartedly their best defensive forward. It's not even close. Yeah. Although um, some, someone told me online the other day, who was it? I can't remember. They said that both Fogel and Zach Hyman were way better defensively in their own end. And I was like, I don't know what, what you're watching, my good friend. No, I, I would I would go f- as far to say that uh, it was kind of a mystery why they didn't play uh, Pugliarvi on the, the penalty kill. I thought he'd be a fantastic penalty kill. Well, killer. but they never did, right? And mm. I think uh, I, what's um, – uh, why can't I remember Woodcroft? It's like I forgot our coach's name. <laughs> uh, he said in his uh, in the presser at the end, right? I think someone threw that question at him, and and I don't. And he's one hundred percent right because when he got here, he was told make the playoffs. Yeah. So he's not going to take Pulleyarvi and go. Okay, yeah. I'm going to throw you on the penalty kill. Yeah, I guess if he had some more time, like he will yep. this uh, this this fall with a full training camp. You know, yeah. Pretty sure we'll see him there uh, if he's why still you around. Don't um. I think he's I think he's just bound to have one of those seasons, you know, a season where he breaks out. I think he was a very good player. Even when he wasn't scoring, I thought he was great on the forecheck. He kept plays alive. He yep. didn't get the points. And yes, that needs to be better. I agree with you full fully on that. He needs to yep. score. Um, but considering he didn't score in the last uh, half of the season, that Didn't means his contract is going to be low and you need guys like that. When you say low, what do you think? What do you guys I'm, think? I'm, I'm saying I think it's going to be around two to three. And I think that's a – That isn't low. Because I think they that's made, a toll for – I think that's low for him, though, sure, for what he, he brings. Made, I don't disagree, but he made $1.1 million. That's almost like a 300% raise. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Right? I just uh, – uh. I get it. You're not wrong, Preston, from a standpoint of it being for what he's worth. And because, yeah, I, I threw it out – three days ago on Twitter that he could do, he could be like a 20 old 50 point guy. People are yeah. like, oh, what are you talking about? I was like, he was basically on pace for that this year. Yeah, and he with the like slump. Six, six, seven weeks. Yeah. With uh, the slump. Yeah, just slump if you added injuries, the games you know, that he so. missed, he was barely off it. Right. But if they have to pay him that, then what, where does that money come from? And I think it comes from trading a guy like Fogel. I think you trade Fogel, you get Pugliarvi, you bring Holloway in. Well, I, I think, think that's a guarantee. I agree. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the move there. And I don't think uh, I don't think Ryan McLeod will garner that much where no. it will be a problem. So I think he's back. Um, Kyler Yamamoto, I love the guy. I, Twenty goal score. He had a great year. Um, <laughs> he had the same year production wise. Yeah, yeah now and I but I feel like he's going to get paid more <laughs> so. than Puliarvi now. So I don't. I feel yeah. like. I just I, I feel like a lot of people are on Yamamoto's side. I'm like, why aren't we? Why aren't we on talking the same way about Puliarvi as we are about Yamamoto? Or like Yamamoto's the type of player this organization and this fan base loves. And and well, I don't hate Yamamoto. Are, I like him no. a fan, but like uh, Puliarvi brings so much more to the table, and I think he's a much yeah. more uh, defined I'm player gonna, than Yamo. I'm but, gonna. Uh, like quibble that point, Rob. I think when Yamamoto's playing well, he's the type of player this fan base loves. What but- are you talking about? Come on now. This fan base loves that little dude because he's two foot nothing and he skates fast and he hits once in a while. They don't yeah. care if he doesn't score. Like, no, come on. Like- but they also, they do. They oh, come do. On now. 
they get real fucking vicious about it. How they do. Yeah, I, I have seen that. I have seen people being like, well, yeah, Mo's not scoring. He's too small. We need someone bigger. I've no, seen that. No, no, no. But the- we like bigness and grit as well. Like no, if he were no. big, if he were Pliarvi size, those are different Tyler fans. Yamamoto, those are two him. different. Those are two different sets of fans. That's yeah. my yeah. point. But those are. that's the thing is, um, the fan base, the part of the fan base that's um, ragging Pliarvi, you're yes. right, is very. They're different. Very closely correlated to the yes. fan base that loves Yamamoto. But the thing is, the fan base that loves Yamamoto is also the, the piece of fan base that loves Cassian. Yes. Well, there's no because fucking consistency in what they want. Yeah. Well, no, no. The, the vast majority of these fans love guys who rattle boards. Again, we can pretend like that's not the fact. It is. They but all... Yamamoto doesn't rattle the boards very much. Sure he does for a little guy. He engages so, sometimes physically. Sometimes I would argue he does. Um, yeah, he engages physically. He'll take on guys that are almost twice his size because he's so tiny. I'm not you saying know. that he doesn't fight. I was saying he well, ain't better fight. than the others, but yeah. that's okay. <laughs> like he'll take on guys. He hits his guy more often, is my yeah. problem. You know, but... and the biggest issue, what do you hear about Pugliarvi outside of the score? He doesn't hit anyone. He's so big. He doesn't hit anyone. Yes, but he <laughs> separates guys from the puck all the time. He creates turnovers and yes. he gets the. They do the same thing. They just do it differently. And he consistently yeah. drives play into the yes. offensive zone. Well, I'm um, not arguing this. I yeah. just. Oh, no, for sure. I think that the fan base, you know, is not fully behind Kyler Yamamoto. That the fan base has a split where you're right. There's parts of the fan base that fucking love him, yeah. and there's parts. And, you know, I'm, I'm honestly one of them where I'm just like, I want to put you in a bubble because like, I foresee you by 30, you know, forgetting your, <laughs> you know, so much stuff because you're, you're just, you're pinballing yourself out there, yeah. you know, and I get that they love that, but I'm like, sitting here going, the concussions, the brain drama, yeah. <laughs> Jesus child, where are your parents? <laughs> but, and when I bring up the fan base as a whole, I generally, for me, that includes all your, you know, casual fans. And your casual fans love Yamamoto. They love guys who, who no, engage. No. They all love Ryan Smith. They all love Kelly Bookberger. They all loved all those guys. That's how no, they are. Your real casual fans right now love Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Of course, yeah. And, and outside, of that, outside of that, you can throw a name at them and they know them or they don't know them. Yeah. Right? Like this playoff, they don't like Darnell Nurse. During the year, they usually like Darnell Nurse. Now but they're like, oh, he's terrible. He can't half, well. half of your casual fans that you've picked up for this playoffs. Yeah. I could throw imaginary names at them that were, you know, line mates for people. And they would be like, yeah, great. Yeah. Because, you know, um, in this city, when the Oilers are doing a playoff run or, or, or whatever, um, I'll use an example. My aunt and my uncle, um, really, they don't pay attention to hockey at all. Yeah. But like the Oilers go on a playoff run and they're like, oh, how are the Oilers doing? Yeah. I'm like, well, they're, they're in the playoffs. <laughs> you could listen to me talk about it if you wanted. Yeah. Don't listen to me talk about it. <laughs> um, but I am not Preston and Preston's dad in this situation. Don't listen to my voice. But like, that's the level for truly casual Oilers fans yeah. that's the level they're at and outside of names like well this year Smith got a huge amount of play in the playoffs um you're right Nurse got panned yeah um and McDavid and Dreisaitl 
the really truly casual others fans don't know Yamamoto they don't know Puyarvi they I could flip them around and they wouldn't be able to tell them apart but there's that group that you're right that are sort of invested yeah but not really invested um that love you know who they're told to love yeah um and right now from the media perspective for various reasons whatever they are lots of reasons um that is Yamamoto but again you know the media cycles so quickly with Oilers players you know where we love Koskinen we hate Koskinen we love Koskinen we hate Koskinen we love Smith we hate Smith we love Smith we hate Smith we love Smith again um so uh, (laughs) stop laughing at me Rob um but I think that if they sign Yamamoto, it has to be for the right number. I don't think it can be much more than they'd sign the numbers Preston's throwing out for PRV. Actually, I think I, I'm really, I wouldn't even give them that. Yeah, I, well, I think really it should be less. The Oilers are traditionally um, very poor at overpaying players that they want for whatever reason. See Cassian. Well, See Cassian. I mean, the thing you said with the media, too, is there's two things to it, and you're not wrong. Um, one part of it, they do push whatever narrative the Oilers want. They always have. That's part of it. Um, but B, they're like the fans in this city. The vast majority of the core media in the city like a certain type of player. And they yeah. just do. They always have. They've all well, been here forever. A certain, your media is representative of your, theoretically, representative of your population. Uh, yeah, um, yes, yes. Theoretically representative. But if you look at the core people, like don't include Stoffer and guys like that because they work for the club. But everyone else, I'd say like 80 to 90% of them as a whole, they prefer players like Yamamoto. Oh, I'd agree. Because, and it goes back to what yeah. we were talking about earlier yeah. there, Sean, about the grit, um, right? Yeah. That's the guys they like. They show well, that. They also, I'm going to I'm gonna call this out because um, yeah. we're dancing around it. The Oilers media core um, – and you, you can tell I'll never ever be part of it. Also, is extremely drought drenched in xenophobia. Yamamoto gets a pass because he's an American, but this media fucking loves the Prairie Boys. Yep. Fucking loves Preston called it. Kulak is a good Edmonton boy. Yeah, I you think know, Kulak is to be good. fair though, it's not just this media. It's most <laughs> well, Canadian market yeah. media. Most um, Canadian market media, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's tied to this concept of. Hockey being Canada's game. Of course. They get fucking defensive is all. 100%. Christ about really good players coming in, especially from Europe. Yep. If they're a superstar, like a dry sidle, different story. Yeah. Yeah, but here's the thing. Dry sidle gets a pass because that little shit came over at 16 and stayed in Prince Albert for three years suffering. But even dry sidle at times doesn't get a pass. He doesn't. He he more consistently gets a pass than Jesse Puyarvi. Well, yes, but come and play in the CHL. It's also easier to give a guy like dry sidle a pass when he puts up 50 goals. The thing is, though, if you compare dry sidle to McDavid, if both of them are off, who gets shit on by the media? It's yeah. not even a discussion. I have a um, t-shirt about that, should. in fact. <laughs> what was that? I said, I have a t-shirt about that, in yeah. fact. <laughs> and, and honestly, neither of them should because they're both allowed to have bad games. Every player does. Yeah. But you're, you're not wrong, Shona. And I've said it for years about Pugliarvi. I've said it since before he left. Well, this is the thing is you see it in this media consistently. Yeah. You know, it was in, it's in anyone they, it was in, it's in how they treated Koskinen. Um, it's in yep. how they treated Yakupov. Now Yakupov 
wasn't a great pick, but Yakupov no. might have been the best pick they had at that point in time. But again, like, and again, Shona, like, it's not all of them though, right? Because if you oh. look, they loved Adam Larson. And why did they love Adam Larson? They loved Adam Larson until they didn't love Adam Larson. But no, well, they pretty much all loved Adam Larson. The reason they didn't like Adam Larson was why, or they did like him is why? Because he played mean. Yeah, but they didn't like Adam Larson because Adam Larson's trade came with a bunch of baggage they didn't want to have to continue to deal with. Well, I, most media in the city most media liked that Adam Larson. Yeah, yeah was, I know. That, was, that was a broadly like, accepted shit on deal. All. No, they didn't. <laughs> You're so, right. No, but what I'm saying with Larson is what they didn't like with Larson was the baggage that came where they had to keep, you know, where they kept hearing this um, piece about, uh, you know, the trade was one for one. That well, was, yeah. the, they, they didn't like that the fans uh, refused to accept the narrative around Larson. Yeah. Right? For like Larson is one of the, yeah. But Larson is one of the few cases where the fans have been really resistant to accepting the narrative that they were given. Right? Uh, um, to again, portion yes, portion no. The benefit with portion Larson is never portion. There's a portion of Oilers fans that are never going to be resistant. I could if I if I had Stoffer tell a portion of Oilers fans that the sky was purple, yeah, they would fucking believe it. it. Yes, the thing where Larson, yep. the benefit he had, and it was Lucic as well at first, is when they first came in that year, they had a good year. Yeah. And they had success in the playoffs. And then that's where everyone, remember, everyone was like, oh, Charlie's doing this right. And then like a year that's and a half point. later, they're all like, oh, he's out to lunch. It's like, yes, all of us were telling you that like two years ago, two and a half years ago, but you didn't yeah, want to pay attention. Same, and it's the same thing with Cassie, yeah. right? You know, sure. um, right. Um, I just yeah. want to circle back here, just get back on topic. A great we're always discussion. on topic, man. Discussion. I'm not saying it's a bad discussion. <laughs> not <laughs> at all. You didn't give us a topic list, so we must be but, on topic. Uh, topic I, list would be a mile want. long. Um, I would be, I would be stunned if Puliyarvi's still here, and I also am not a hundred percent sold on the fact that he, like I think someone mentioned it. I can't remember respect last week or this week. Um, someone might have mentioned it as well. That uh, do we honestly believe a hundred percent that he signed that two-year deal and it was like okay, yeah, everything's good. Because I've said from day one when he came back, there's no way on God's green earth that he's signing long term. Everyone keeps going on for since even the start of the year. Oh, they should sign him to the seven, eight year deal. He's not signing that. Like he's not. Why yeah. would he? Yeah, I think Puliarvi. I'm going to be honest. I for the Oilers, I would like Puliarvi to stay. Yeah. Um, for Puliarvi, I think it would be better if he played in a different market. Yep. Um, oh, I agree. The team totally. That um, knew what to do with him. Um, in a place where, um, you know, uh, he wasn't immediately vilified for not being exactly, um, you know, it's, it's, it's always interesting to me because I, 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 I think to myself, we're hating on Puyarvi, but who, would, who, who else would have you taken out of that draft? Um, wow. you know? There, there I, were two other agree. guys right there that they were going to pick if he didn't fall into their lap, one being All Kachuk right. and one being Sergachev. Yeah, but you can't have either of those guys anymore. Well, right? no, but you said who would they have picked in that draft? Those were the two guys they were going to pick. I know. Puliyarvi fell in their lap. And that but that's the worse. thing is, they, they, you know, who else were they going to pick? 100% to Chuck and Sergeyev. But they can't have those guys anymore. So, you know, again, it's like when I keep hearing about um, Barzal and I'm just like, you can't have him now. No, so, for sure. They weren't going to pick know. him anyway. I know. But that's <laughs> the like thing. I don't want to get into player. that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But what I'm saying is, at a certain point, Oilers fans need to stop obsessing over what yeah. could have been and figure out what how to make 
what they best can with what they've got. But yeah. so many of these guys, and all week it's. Been and I would have really enjoyed to Chuck. I like to Chuck. Might be the only person on this podcast. Oh, he's a very good player. Like oh, if you played for Edmonton, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, hate he's him, right? a very he good would, player. You love the, to hate uh, him, but you love to have him. It's funny though, because all week, like I said, when I mentioned when I made that comment on Twitter about Pulleyarvi. All I keep hearing is how he's a fourth liner. And I'm just like, what on earth are you talking about? What are you like, watching? Yeah. Like I, I just, I don't get it. But they're <laughs> like, oh, he, the only reason he has any points is because he plays with McDavid. But then on the flip side, they're saying, well, he's not, he can't score on McDavid's wing. So I'm like, well, which one is it? Yeah. I'm like, you can't have it both ways. He has the points because he plays with McDavid. The, or the... he doesn't have the points because he can't score. Like, I don't know. Like, again, is he a first line player who's going to produce at that level? No. Could he play on a first line? Of course he showed that he can. He's a legitimate top nine forward. Yeah. Like he it's, just is. The, the, the negotiations are going to be interesting because you got a guy like Puliyarvi who uh, probably should be getting paid more than Yamamoto. Just looking at things, but is going into contract negotiations uh, from a point where he probably won't. Whereas no. Yamamoto's going in at a point where he'll probably get paid more when he probably shouldn't. So it's going to be, it's, it's weird. Well, um, and do, do you guys think if, if he signs, do you guys see it as a one year, two year or more? Uh, I think honestly, there's no way the, he signs the narrative has been trade for so long now that I haven't really thought about term with Pugliarvi. I would like a longer term, but then it comes down to what you said. Does he want to be here that long? I think no way he signs more. Than yeah. That. Maybe two, but I, I think, think a two year is possible. But then if he number. signs two, he's a UFA. I think the only way you get term is to jack up the price as well. Yeah, no, for and sure. And the Oilers aren't in a position to do that. I understand that. Um, but I think you you can it'd be a damn shame to lose Puliar because there's a really good player there. Um, well, if they go two, they're gonna lose him as a UFA. Yeah, I, he's gonna honestly, have a fantastic season. He's you gonna have at some point, he's gonna year. have a good season. You right? sign that two year, hope it goes well. And two years is a long time. Maybe he'll change his mind. Um, I I think it's totally worth the risk. I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think so either. I, I know it's it's a long shot. Um, I but wouldn't I trade him now, though. Because you're right. From what you said at the start, Preston, this isn't when you trade him. You're not no, gonna no you're trading him at a low right now because he had that poor season. But that is Oilers typical. You're going to lose low that and trade. You buy high. Um, I, I, man, I just try to keep him as... as I, I don't want to let go of this player right now because there, there's a damn good player there. And you you're know, going to be regretting it as early as next season. Anyways, is, we spent a, a lot of time on uh, those those RFAs. It's going to be probably among the most interesting situations this summer for the Oilers, um, uh, apart from their goalie search and and, and um, what they do with Evander Kane. Um, anything else you guys are looking at uh, as as we get to the the end of this episode? Anything else on the the Oilers radar that is uh, piquing your interest? Shona, what were you going to just say there? You were saying- well, I was going to say, I think it's interesting because I think um, that uh, with the RFAs, they're going to wait, right? I think it's going to be a little of a waiting game and they're going to try to see what other um, teams are signing RFAs for to see yeah. if they can, what they can, what they can get. Um, I think, um, I think McLeod's is- going to get signed quick. McLeod's yeah. the easiest of the three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that it's going to be, a frustrating start to the off season for Oilers fans where they want something big and splashy. I think um, what'll be interesting to me is, uh, you know, you're entering tomorrow, tomorrow, is it, does it start tomorrow when business opens? I think it does. Is your buyout period. Um, uh, it's July 1st. 
July 1st. Is it July 1st? I thought it was 48 hours after. Uh, yeah, I, I think thought, it is 48 hours. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought I read it somewhere else, but maybe I'm yeah. The, everything's kind of out of whack anyway still yeah. because of the pandemic yeah, in, stuff, until, right? until next season i think i think next season again back yeah. on that regular schedule yeah so. but i think they it's 48 hours after the end of the season which is tonight i think so it'll be interesting to me to see what the oilers do um buyout wise because if they buy out someone like cassian or that which I, you know, Rob, I know you're saying Jesus Christ. I hope not. I, I feel like, but I feel like a buyout very, is coming. Oh, I don't, I don't think you guys are wrong. I'm yeah. just saying, I hope to God it doesn't happen. But I think that those kind of things like that, if they exercise a buyout, if they exercise more than one buyout, um, yeah. Ooh, we'll say buyout. <laughs> I don't but want multiple. I'm not saying that it would be a good yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. They still have, no, do I they have two or three for next year still? Uh, they have two. Or two. Is Sakara coming off the books this year? I think oh, no, he's got Sakara. one more year. Sakara's got one more year, and then we got James Neal, and then yeah. this is our last. Next season is also the last year we retain on Lucic. Yeah, so they got well, and essentially Neal and Lucic are the same thing. So um, it's technically two, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, Lucic I- is seven fifty next year, and that's done. And then we still got one point nine on Neal until twenty twenty four twenty five. Jesus Christ. And then Sakara is a one point five next year, and he's off. Anyway, I think that if there's a buyout, that will be an interesting thing that really affects how the Oilers move forward. Yeah. So that precedent answer to your question is what I think will be yeah, something the, for Oilers fans to watch. Some fans. more um, mechanisms to get some more cap space. Um, yeah. Also, Oscar Clefbaum's contract is out there. I'll say that's my thing. I'm interested to see what they do with that. I, I've heard that they, they might look into moving that as well. Yeah, because they, they were making it sound like, which I didn't realize really until this year, the way they were saying it kind of, it triggers more money in different spots yeah. for it, right? Because it's just LTIR money, but I guess, yeah, it triggers like when it comes to the deadline and stuff, it frees up a little more space. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like behind the scenes money. I don't think yeah, it has exactly. many cap implications, but yeah. it frees up some other dollars. So yeah, maybe well, they Well, it also clarifies some things for Oilers fans. Yeah. If if you're moving Clef Bond's contract, it's because you don't expect him to come back. Yeah. And it yeah. kind of clarifies that. I, I have two Clef Bomb jerseys in my closet. He was my favorite player. Uh man, it sucks. I, I really enjoyed Clef Bomb. He wrecked um, the whole nice thing. Very nice kiddo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, I would say I'm curious because I don't think Kane will sign here. Um, what forward they bring in because they have to bring in a forward. They have to bring in a middle six forward that can play anywhere in that top net. It would be so. fantastic if we had space because whew, there are some good forwards. Well, they're going to have space. Well, I'm they, saying like Philip Forsberg's face. Well, it would be I, very. We nice. don't need that. Like they don't I need know. Philip Forsberg. They we got Zach Hyman last year. They're good on. Yeah, expensive ass forwards thing. Like I don't think they need that. Then the same with Kane. Like I like. Do I like what Kane brings on the ice? Sure, but not at that ticket. Yeah, no, like, me either. Can they go out and get a forward? Now, could you pay a veteran who's good four million on a year or two? Sure. Uh, I said David. Little, you know, like, I said I like David Burkowski Perron before, well. and I'd love David Perron back here. I don't think that'll happen. Oh no! But I think he's married to St. Louis. Well, well, they depends. If they don't have money, he's not married yeah. to anything, right? True. They're another one. They don't have space. Like most of these teams don't have space. So, but yeah, they could bring in another middle forward because if they keep Pulley which again, as we both said, is iffy, their top nine is set. 
Like it really is. And their top nine is solid. Their top nine is super if solid. If and bring in another middle forward. And I disagree on Perron, but that's okay. Yeah, like um, whoever it is. The thing with Perron, he can he plays with the edge everyone likes about Kane. He can score. He still scores, and he scores on the power play, which Kane is not yeah. good enough. The to thing be is, Perron's been here once before. I don't think he wants back on this carousel. Yeah, I, I've heard that a few times, but the Oilers were god awful at that time. It's they're two different things. Also, like, the team that he left, I think the only player that he played with on that team is Nuge. Yeah, yeah, it's a completely different team. If you're coming here, it's to play with those other two guys yeah. and try and win a cup. If you're a yeah. veteran, that's it. Um, yeah, I, I look at a guy like maybe Andre Burakovsky uh, if he doesn't yeah. come back yeah. to there, Colorado. There are guys that can do it. And the other thing for me is, I don't see any way in God's green earth that Nuge isn't a winger next year, right? Oh yeah. Um, so especially with the emergence of McLeod on the third line. Well, but you could put Mc and. <laughs> Honestly, if they bring in a winger and they keep Pugliarvi, uh, you might move Nuge to the third line on the wing. Like, good, yeah. Um, or even a guy like Dylan Strom, who has a history with McDavid. Well, and he's and he's, he's another guy, right? Yeah. I really bring Cat, bring, bring them both back. Oh, bring him bring and Cat. bring his brother. Get both <laughs> those Strom boys in here. I would love that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ryan didn't really get a fair shake here. He I, hopped off I right after we traded him. Traded him. That's the Oilers um, thing, though. Um, yeah, we love doing. That. I was gonna say the other one out of Chicago that's a big name is DeBrincat. That they might. Be he makes so much money, but you're right. He'd be awesome. Oh, he'd be perfect. And he has, if you're talking history with McDavid, he has history yep. with McDavid too. Um, yeah. Strom. That's the thing. Is like you're right. Strom, Dylan, not Ryan. Yeah. Um, well, they're saying he might not even get qualified. Eh? Yeah, yeah. is at a point where. He would be cheap. Yeah. Well, Earth, even cheap. Huh? He's a yeah. good player. Ish. Like he's not like. Ish. <laughs> yeah. Go get me that. Yeah. <laughs> Has a cute dog. You know, it, it's fine. Like this is whatever. Jordan Strom put up twenty-two goals and forty-eight points this year. The fact yes. that he's not even he might not even get qualified is bonkers to me, especially well, for it, Chicago. Um, yeah, but Chicago's just going in a different direction, right? Just Chicago's a, Chicago's yeah. a, well, Chicago's also a tire fire oh they're the tire fire but like i i'm shocked. you're looking to trade to brink at why would you keep strong just like i guess but uh I just, well because I like why, why would you three quarters of why a foot taller than the brink fat? my thing yeah. Only one I'm, really, really good. I'm shocked <laughs> that they they let it get to the point where they're gonna let him go for nothing and they when they could have probably traded strong something they could have traded him for doesn't have any there. trade value none I zero feel like he should i feel like, like he a, should you get a middling uh, draft he pick. did he did last year when they should have been chopping a middling draft pick is better him. than nothing especially for Not, well game. i guess they got so a lot like, of middling draft picks right i it uh, gets to the point where it's like you gotta like for the guys on the roster you can't get rid of everybody that are playing there right it just i guess you're going good. nowhere but that's still you can't be like i'm getting rid of everyone in season like you just can't yeah. chicago yeah. is just such an interesting tire fire I, I would love for the Oilers on so many unique levels. I would love for the Oilers to take advantage of another team situation. Yeah, and Chicago's a team you can do that this year with. So hopefully, anyways, I think that's going to do it for this episode. One more thing before it. we go, oh, Shona, okay. go. How go about your it. Oil Kings? Ah, uh, uh, yes. Talk yourself, Rob. No, <laughs> what did you think of the performance? Because uh, I was very um, they, still I'm still smarting because they changed the rules on the Memorial Cup. Yeah. So they would have been in a tie break um, any year, but this year. Um, hence the uh, telling you to go fuck yourself because that's still sucks. Oh, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> but uh, I was really proud of their performance. I thought they had an excellent year. I'm 
fucking gutted that the majority of that team won't be back next year. Um, well, this know, was their chance, are, right? Neighbors will probably be in St. Louis. Yeah. Hope, hopefully you get Gunther back. Casas in the Red Wing system, you know. Um, hey, he's going to a, the AHL at the very least, eh? Yeah, he's going to Grand Rapids at the very least. Um, but, you know, uh, they traded for Sortif. He's yeah. going to the Florida system. You know, fucking Montreal is taking Caden Gooley. Like, they're just, like, done and out, right? They went Pack all in. Gift. Yeah, they went all in, and they came up short. But like I said, any other year, they would have at least had a, a, a tiebreak. The thing that it sucks with it, jobs. and that tournament, and it's not just them, but it was them this year. Them, them playing, 2012, too. Yeah, well, them playing as long as they did, and then making that trip across the entire country. And then, as always, that first game, you're going to lose. And that's what always happens. And they lost that first game, and then they were toast. But which sucks because they battled their ass off in that third game. Well, and, that's uh, the thing is Hamilton had lost two already. So yeah. Hamilton needed to win. So all they needed to do was get to regulate or get to the end of regulation tied. And it yeah. just wasn't happening. And they were down too um, early. Right. And then almost tied it. But in Cosa, man, that kid, every time I watch him play, I didn't get to watch as many oil King games this year. Watch oh, I love that kid. Ball. I love that kid. Yeah. Uh, makes me feel like I am fucking two feet tall every time I've met him because yeah. he is just a giant. Six, seven, and I'm just like, hi, hi. <laughs> but um, fantastic. Um, you know, that was just, I think, for a lot of people um, in hockey, that was just a really special team. Um, the things yeah. that came together with bringing in Pro Cop and bringing in a bunch of uh, are really good players that for a lot of people, um, that team was very, very special in that it was the most uh, inclusive and the most, you know, um, maybe it was that they'd been away for two years and they hadn't had fans yeah. or whatever, but it was the, you know, there was a, a very strong connection between the fans um, that were there all the time, um, you know, that sat through, you know, not being able to eat or drink in the rink and all of those things and the team, um, yeah. you know, it was such a weird um final series because uh seattle lost access to their own arena so they yep. played game six here and they they actually um won on home ice uh but it was an away game for them yep. so they went away at home which is super weird but i think um they benefited of the five of seven at home yeah um well they also won both in seattle so yep. i don't know if it would have mattered but seattle lost access to their arena so i guess yep. it was what it was yep. um how did they lose access to their arena? Sorry, I, I, I they so there's the showware the showware arena where they play. Um, they normally don't play this late, and the showware arena is uh, or was booked for four day graduations for various oh, high schools in the Seattle area. What a weird situation! So they wow. they weren't um, in their arena. Everett was out early, so the Angel of the Winds Arena would have been broken down, and Climate Pledge just wouldn't have been a viable option for them. So, wow. What a, what a weird, weird series wow they played at um they played away at home in edmonton hmm. so yeah, yeah i was talking to one of the guys at work from uh seattle when they came in town and me and him yapped for a bit it was pretty funny when he was telling me because i had heard about it that happening and he was telling me the whole breakdown with the buildings and stuff and i was like yeah oh, that kind of sucks for you guys doesn't but, it? But, yeah, he goes, but what can you do yeah, it's, it's quite funny because like, graduating, right? so. Everett is Everett's arena is 40 minutes from Seattle, but Everett went out in the first round, so there's yeah. no way their arena was yeah. still functional. 
No, you know? and that's just it, right? Right. And like, I think part of it too, I, I'm sure the league even was like, well, screw it. We can cut some costs here and just keep them in one spot. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I think that had they not, um, they would have played, it had they been, um, had they not had to come back, they would have played two, three, two. Yeah. That was what they played with Winnipeg because yeah. of travel. Um, you know, uh, Seattle and Spokane both played really weird sets of series. And so did Portland at one point where they would yeah. play, you know, off games just because of scheduling, but it was just a weird set of playoffs for the WHL. Um, yeah, but no, I think, uh, overall, like very, very proud of that team. Um, very, very sad that they didn't get like, you know, that they, they're the first team to really suffer from a, a reformatted Memorial cup. Um, but also, uh, you know, hoping that next year won't be as rough as I'm kind of thinking it might be. Oh, it will be. Next oh, year will be. Shut up. Well, it will be. <laughs> you know up. how this works. I know how this works. I know how this works. But there are there are a couple mediating factors that may make it not as rough as I'm imagining. Yeah. <laughs> Always. You're right. That's potentially um, there, but. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to pour more salt on the wound. That's not my. It's not my intention when I say this. But how about that Xavier Borgo? That Oilers oh, prospect Preston, looking fantastic. You see yourself out. Kids are looking fantastic. Yeah, the kids a player, there. man. So I, I was one of the people who were like, "Why didn't you take Wallstead?" But well, Borgo. Oh, I would have been fine with Wallstead as well. Like yeah. Yeah. Borgo has had a really, to be fair, Borgo for to people like you, Preston, and and me who were like. What? What are you doing? Burgos had a breakout year this year. Yeah. Like there is nothing in his previous history not that indicated this, this, right? Not at the not at the major junior level. Yeah. Do, but, do we know, do we know how much of that success is due to Maverick Bork, or is he creating his own stuff? I don't get to watch that many junior games. Wow, um, they look pretty scary in that. They, they look scary as a duo. I'm just together. I'm hoping it's not like a Sam Gagne with well, Patrick Kane type thing, but there was a guy on the Oilers now fan, I think sent in a text and he was like, Oh, he's going to score 50 goals. It's like, what on earth are you talking about in the NHL? Like if we, well, I, if you get a 20 know. goal guy in the NHL, you're laughing like a 20 to oh, 25 yeah. goal guy. Oh, yeah. No. And I, I think, I think he has the potential to do that. Like yeah. even if he's, even if he's having, you know, great synergy, um, the Oilers have some prospects in around his age that he yep. should be able to hopefully build synergy with again. So if he, <laughs> if he needs a finish guy. Um, uh, oh, hey, know. the Oilers have some good guys to pair him with in the top six well, if he wants. Yeah, that's yeah. just <laughs> so, You know, um, I, I was going to say, like, you know, he's not, he's a couple years away, but that's not, yeah. you know, that's not irresponsible for the Oilers, like, you know, the hallways and that whatever of yeah. the Oilers. Um system savoy they have a savoy yeah, not that not the us savoy but a savoy i was gonna say <laughs> a savoy <laughs> the, the good thing is guys like they those guys are gonna have to start coming in within two years right they have to yeah it's the only way this, yeah. the oilers can survive on the cap yeah and um it's gonna be interesting i i'm excited to see borgo in a full training camp and uh hey maybe yeah. he maybe he gets really because i'll still be shooting coffee. death lasers at him I'm not over it. <laughs> Maybe he gets a little cup of coffee at the beginning of the year, like we've seen uh, Yamamoto and uh, Bouchard get in the past. If he if he blows it out, you know, park. Preston, I think uh, that'll be a you role because I like I'm still I like holding grudges from ten years ago. You're not. 
<laughs> I I know I know some prospects need some more time. I also love seeing the youth movement at all times, even if it's for like five games at the start of the season. Yeah, and um, you no know what's pretty interesting? We've Here gotten that uh, youth movement into the NHL. A lot of the U Michigan guys are are going to be up next year, and that's going to be real fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. And then hey, there's another guy in uh, Bakersfield we don't talk about much. Ryan Fanti, the goaltender. Um, I'll be interested to see how he develops next year as well. Anyways, I think that's going to do it. I think we're running at like an hour and a half now, so it's a pretty <laughs> long episode, but hey, we had lots of stuff to talk about. But they uh, haven't had a podcast for two weeks. They yeah, didn't listen to us. <laughs> we we kind of, we, we, the orders got eliminated, and I thought we should uh, just have some time to unwind and let the narratives build and then do one big one. Uh, we'll be back um, uh, doing a draft special near the draft. Um, if you want to get in on our, our draft coverage of some potential picks that the others could take at pick number 29, I believe it is this year, we're dropping uh, profiles. Every, yeah, <laughs> probably going to trade it and make all our profiles useless um, like they did last year and they went out of my range. Uh, but uh, um, we're doing profiles every Tuesday Doc, and Thursday, you know, heading up to the draft on copperandblue.com. Had they done what we told them to do in the draft, we would have Sebastian Cosa. In the mock draft, we had Cosa. Yeah, we did have Cosa. Detroit, Detroit threw Detroit. a wrench in that, though. They took Casa before Wallstead. I know. I'm just everyone saying. thought Wallstead was going before Cosa, too. I don't think a lot of people saying, thought like, Wallstead was falling. You'd have some really good players if you just listened to our mock drafting. I did a profile on Casa, and I didn't do one on Wallstead because I thought it was going to be um, the other way around. But... Uh, yeah, we got uh, we got profiles dropping every Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, the first one came out last Thursday. I did one on Jaeger Furkus, the best name in the draft. Uh, could be a guy there. Um, and then uh, I don't know who we got teed up for Tuesday, but on a Thursday, coming Thursday, I got Ivan Mur. I don't even know how Mur Miroshenchenko. Um, he was an interesting guy. I just rolled off your tongue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't if I pronounce that. If we have any Russian listeners, I'm sorry. I don't know. Um, but uh, this kid's an interesting guy. He's uh, I think he was seen as like a top ten talent in this draft, but he got diagnosed with uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah. Um, so he had to take some time off. It looks like he's getting cleared by doctors to play next year. So uh, going to look into him a little bit. He's kind of projected to go around the range. So I'll be doing that on uh, Thursday and uh, just keep it on the website. I know Rob, you write there regularly as well. Yeah, um, I gotta write something after we're done this. I have no idea what. We'll see. <laughs> well, hey, draw on any of the things we talked about is bound to get you a, f- a few hundred words. Um, yeah, for and, sure. Uh, Shona doesn't like me plugging her at all, so I'll I'll stick true to that as well. Um, you can follow I me at Twitter it. at NHL Hodgkinson. That's N H L O H O D G K I N S O N. And Rob, I believe you're at Oil under slash Drop underscore Drop. Okay, perfect. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening. Uh, Check out our stuff, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys.